Welcome, everybody, to Season 4, Episode 3 of So Strange. I'm your host, Andy Myers. I'm an author and a paranormal researcher who is blessed to know so many interesting people. And I've rounded up uh, a goodie for today's show. We're joined by Jeannie, all the way from Kansas City. How's it going today? It's great. I get to look at you and talk with you. I'm a happy camper. <laughs> well, it's been, a, it's been a long time, and I used to refer to you guys as my Kansas City family, my my home away from home, because I used to do so many speaking events there back in the day. Yeah. Well, you become very popular, very well-known, and very busy, and understandably so. Now, I see behind you on the wall angel wings, and I, I think, you know, and today you have so many stories to share. <laughs> we can I make do. this a two-parter practically, but you you do have some stories that are more of the of the angelic realms. We have a couple UFO stories, some paranormal. You kind of have a buffet of, of oddities I, I lined up for us. I do have a buffet. Um, tell me when you want me to start and I will go with it. Well, you can you can take us back if you want to go chronologically. That's fine. If you want to go by topic, that's fine. I'm going to let you take the reins and just roll with it because all of our listeners are ready for some great stories. Okay. Well, you said take it back. I think I will go back to when I was in nursing school. Um, I was in a class with next to me metaphysics, and I didn't understand what metaphysics was at the time. And I remember I was taking a test, a remake test, in a separate room. They had a crystal pyramid in that room, and I was forewarned, do not walk in there. The energy, you need to have somebody who's experienced. And I'm like, fine with me. I'm taking my test, and here goes my pencil rolling down the desk. And I'm looking at it like, what the heck? So I bring the pencil back, and I'm doing it, and there it goes rolling again. I'm like, there's a lot of energy in that room. So I was very happy to get out of that room. But that same year, I actually met my guide. I talked to the dean of metaphysics, and she said that we all have guides, and that's when I became exposed to this part of the world that I didn't know of. And she said, we all have guides. You will meet her or her, him, when the time is right. And... Um, <laughs> That evening, because my guide must have been listening, because that evening I'm sitting in the living room, mom and dad's in the kitchen, I'm doing my homework, I look up, and there is this tall, linky girl, long black hair, jeans, and a, and a rainbow top on, and I looked at her, I was shocked. She looked at me, threw her arms up in the air, and shocked her. I shocked her, because I caught her. And I stood up slowly, because I know I'm seeing something other than my family. And I know it's something spiritual or something to do with the realm. So I slowly started walking towards her and I'm smiling and she's looking at me and she bolts towards the front door. I go running around the corner. My brother and sister walk in. She was gone. She disappeared. The next day at school, I talked to my dean. She says, that's your guide. I said, my guide? Well, why would she run? Anyway, she said, well, you, you scared her. She didn't expect you. <laughs> And um, I said, what's your name? She goes, that will come to you. Well, it turned out within the week, her name is Karen. I have felt Karen around me every day. Frequently, I heard her laugh at me. Um, I, I, I feel her guiding me. I don't know. I know that we can have more than one guide. I don't know of any other guides up to date, but I do know of Karen, and I do know that she's around me. And I do know that I will get a guidance from her. I'll, I'll get the feeling of, no, don't do that when I want to go do it. Um, my angels, I would say, actually speak more than Karen does. Um, when I, my first episode where I had an angel actually talk to me, I was driving up on a highway to a signal. And everybody stopped, but us were going through it. And I hear, 
no, slow down, slow down. And I'm like, what the heck? Who's yelling at me? I'm hearing slow down, slow down. And it was high voices. And I'm just thinking, okay. So I took the foot off the gas. I slowed down a little bit. Doing that saved my life. Because doing that, the guy in the left lane who was at a stop to turn left in a van shot out straight in front of me. I missed him by two feet. And it's because the angels were yelling at me, slow down, slow down. Another example was, it was actually um, a near-death experience. Um, I was coming home on this highway, and as they come up over the hill and it levels off, it was nighttime, and I see these headlights in my lane, maybe, maybe 70, 80 feet from me, and you're going 65 an hour. And I'm going, oh, my God, to the left, there was too many vehicles. And all I thought is, i got to get out of here. And so I put my, I went to turn into the gravel. I felt a pair of hands on top of my hands very gently. And she whispered in my ear, don't hit the brakes. And I responded back saying, I won't. As I turned into the gravel, the guy passed me in my lane. Wow. I, don't, I don't know how you <laughs> can get to that. <laughs> wow. Holy smoke. I, I have goosebumps. So it said, it basically said like, do nothing, you know, and, and the person will dodge you essentially. Yeah. She, yeah. She basically told me, you know, go on the gravel, don't touch, you know, don't hit the brakes because I will spin out. You know, yeah. Lord warned me about all that. It just blew me around. I mean, it just, I sat there afterwards. It was my heart just, just, you know, just going crazy. Cause I mean, that's a shock for you to hear somebody telling you that. And all of a sudden, you know, her hands are on your hands and you can feel it and you know that she's helping you. You know, that's your angel following instructions from God, you know, to help you. You're there. She's there to help you. And the now, other did you, I'm sorry, Jeannie, did you get the sense that this was, you know, rainbow shirt Karen or was it a, was it a different feeling? And I also want to know, was this voice more internal, like inside of your head or more external, like somebody was in the car with you? External. External and her voice is very soft, very soft spoken, more angelic spoken. Okay. And that, that's a good point what you just said, you know, because the one on 169 that, where the van shot out from me and I just missed it because I slowed down. Yeah, I never thought about it. That could have been Karen because it wasn't, you know, sweet, angelic or soft voice. So that could have been Karen and I didn't give her the credit. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> well, all these years later, you know, a thank you still goes a long ways. You know, bottom line, Jeannie, you're apparently supposed to be here for some greater purpose because uh, with that many close calls, uh, you're you're lucky to be around. And I would put that in the wheelhouse of kind of near-death experience. Um, I, going back to your very first story, though, I'm just perplexed as to why, you know, rainbow-shirted Angel would have run out the door. You're not very intimidating. No. <laughs> I didn't think so. I don't know if I was supposed to see her at that time. She was checking me out. I don't know. But then when I saw her, my face was like, you know, shocked, like, whoa. And I knew she's from the, I knew she was not from down here. And, and then in my, in my mind, I thought, she's my guide, you know, from what my dean was telling me. And next thing I know, I thought, well, I want to talk to her. Instead of just calling out to her, I decided to walk up to her. But uh -uh, she wasn't having it at that time. <laughs> so oh well seems so like fast. she was she was as surprised to see you as you were to see her yeah but why would you be, i was wonder i have wondered for a long time why would she be surprised to see me if she came to visit me you know 
It's it's hard to say, uh, other than, you know, maybe we can speculate that they're used to being around and observing us, you know, not being able to perceive their presence. I'm taken back to uh, a story, I believe I shared it on the final episode of season one, uh, but a, a friend of the family, paranormal family, uh, Carl was his name, may he rest in peace, but he saw a little leprechaun or garden gnome type creature when he oh was in goodness. his college years, it was peering through the window, like a one foot tall being who was looking through like a basement recess window at him and his buddies shooting pool. And he locked eyes with this little creature and he was obviously shocked, but I'll never forget. Carl said that the being itself appeared shocked that Carl could see it almost like it was used to coming around <laughs> and, and having people not be, have the ability to see it. So I don't know, maybe with Karen, uh, I'm going to call her rainbow bright from now on, by the way. Um, okay. But Rainbow bright Karen, maybe she, maybe you just startled her, even though you're not intimidating. You know what I mean? Maybe I, she didn't think I could see her at that time. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. The last angel one I have was I had taken Mandy to a doctor visit. Her girlfriend came. Um, it was we were done. I was checking them out, her out. Uh, Mandy and her girlfriend were leaving, and I had a, a a really negative feeling come across me, and I said, Amanda. Be careful going home. I've done this to her multiple times, Andy. I have done this when she's lost a tire on the highway. I've done this when she almost got um, in a rain, uh, in a flood. I mean, many times she'll tell you, oh, yeah, mom has told me many times, and she's always been right. But this time, I just said to her, something's not right. You be careful going home. I'll be right behind you. But I said, be safe. And she goes, mom, I will. I hear you. So she leaves, and I hear I came to see it in the tone of voice. It was the angel, and she called out my name, high pitch, Angela. I mean, it was definitely my angel calling out my voice. I said, I know, I hear you, I'm going. And I was like, I knew she was there. I'm just talking to her, like, no big deal, you know? And I turned around, I left, and I was like, mm, maybe eight minutes behind her because of traffic. Came around the corner going towards our high, our, on our highway, and there she was on the right side. Um, there was a man who pulled over. He was a sheriff, just got off duty. And when I got out, I pulled up behind them to keep them safe. And it uh, turns out that he said her tire flew off, right, left tire flew off while she was driving. And he goes, how she got to the side safely without an accident is beyond me. And so I knew, and I think helping her by telling her, be careful, watch out. She was ready for anything at that time. Wow. Yeah, yeah, there's the that's why they call it mother's intuition, right? You got that right. And and for the angel, because they say when you hear the angel's voice, well, I've heard this. If you hear the angel's voice, that means it's some it could be something serious. And the couple of times they were serious. I haven't heard their voice when it wasn't serious yet, anyway. Well, maybe that's good. I don't know if it how well it would sit with you if your guardian angels are cracking jokes for no reason you know just chiming in with one-liners you know but it, what is interesting though you mentioned the <coughs> the the pitch the tone of voice was kind of high pitch it was almost i don't know it sounds like kind of almost cartoonish but I, I get it i i've i've experienced this myself and i've spoken with a lot of people who have had angelic type encounters and a lot of people report that when they hear from their angels or their spirit guides or a loved one in the afterlife for example their voice sounds a little distorted and it's theorized. I mean, if you think about it, they're almost talking to you from another dimension, another realm, another reality. Yeah. So passing through space and time fabric to get into our eardrums 
maybe that it, you know, it causes the pitch of their voice to shift a little bit. That's pretty cool when you think of it that way. Yeah. I mean, you have that experience and I'm, I'm learning from you. <laughs> well, it, you know, and we're all just piecing together information best we can and trying to make sense of it. But, you know, the same can be said. If you put uh, an audio recording into an, a sound editor, if you speed it up, it'll sound high pitch. If you slow it down, it'll sound in slow motion and deeper, right? So it's kind of the yeah. same principle, I suppose. Yeah. That makes but sense. But I'm glad Mandy was okay. I'm glad with three good wheels she managed to pull over to the side <laughs> of the road. And, and yeah, maybe you, you know, putting a little bug in her ear helped her to remain calm or maybe maybe on high alert but you know whatever it was it prepared her to not panic in that situation and it's interesting how they reached out to me calling my name and i'm like i'm aware you know now mandy's dad dad uh, passed away five years ago and that night she was home with me she didn't want any family she didn't want to get anybody coming over rather than her grandma and her boyfriend she was anybody she was too distraught understandably so and I'm on the couch with her. We're by ourselves at that time. And I'm hugging her and I'm just holding her. She collapsed in my lap. And, I, and I'm talking to her about her dad. And I said, your dad is around you. Know that. And she goes, I know, I know, I know he's there. I go, no, Mandy, your dad is here right now. And she pulled back and looked at me. She goes, what do you mean he's here right now? I said, I feel your father. He is behind you on the, on the other side of this couch. He's here right now. With that, he it's like if you were alive, you take your fist and just slam down on the back of the couch really hard and makes that loud jolt feel. Well, Dennis did that. And she looked at me and she goes, you're not kidding. I said, no, I'm not kidding you about your dad being here. And he's checking in on you and he wants you to know he is okay. And I said, Grant, you're going to miss him until you see him again. But he's here to let you know he's okay. And Mandy reminded me of that when we talked earlier today. And I'm like, that was big for Amanda and for me. Well, it's validating, uh, maybe shocking when it initially happens. <laughs> but when the dust settles and you're able to finally catch your breath again, it's it's uh, it's validating. And I think people of all walks of life are, are looking for a little bit of that, you know, call it peace of mind, call it, you know, affirmation of an afterlife. But uh, it's, it's heartwarming. And, you know, it's shocking, too, when you think about it, the amount of physical force it would take for a spirit to muster up yeah. energy to slap the back of a couch like that. And he did. It was like if you were here and you did it yourself, that forceful. And that's when she jumped up and looked at me in shock. And I said, that's your dad, you know. And the other one I wanted to mention was my pop, my pop's daddy died three years ago. And recently, you know, I've been in this house I'm in for a year. And I was in the garage and I'm just talking to him like I know he can hear me. And I'm watching my dog outside and things started knocking over in the garage. I'm like, what is going on? I looked in the garage. Nobody's in there. No reason to move anything. And things are tumbling over. I'm like, mm-hmm, okay, someone's in there. And I said, I don't know if it's you, Dad, but someone's visiting me. And I just let it go. The next night, I'm in the garage again. And my daddy, he started whistling. And that choked me up completely because when I was little, dad always whistled when he cleaned, when he's in the garage, if he's gardening, always whistled. And he was doing the whistling. And I just choked up because that was my daddy. He, he was letting me know he's there checking in on mom and I. Mom is with me. So he's just letting me know. So for everybody out there, your loved ones do check in on you. They do follow and see how you're doing. And they do give you signs. So pay attention to the signs because they definitely do it. And my daddy still does it to this day. 
how special is that is his signature calling card and uh, much less jarring than, you know, banging on a couch. But how yeah. how heartwarming is that, yeah. that you that you still have that going on even today? And, you know, I've said this a hundred times, but I'll say it again. People who look for signs tend to get them now. Right. I mean, that, that's that's the case. And, you know, the skeptics of the world, maybe they're not looking and maybe that's the reason they're not getting any signs from the afterlife. But um, barring a few exceptions, I think, um, you know, generally speaking, if you're looking for communication, you know, from heaven, you'll you'll tend to get it um, now. Well, <laughs> once, once I, Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say one time I came across a lady. She was looking a little too hard. I was at an event and talking about signs from the afterlife. And she raised her hand. I said, yes, ma'am, what's your question? She said, I see spiders all over my house. And I know it's a sign from the afterlife. What does that mean? And I thought for a second and I said, it means you need to call an, an exterminator because you have a spider infestation. <laughs> <laughs> I bet everybody laughed. I mean, that's if, you're, if your dear old dad or grandpa or whoever passed away, surely they're going to find a less terrifying way to get yeah. your attention than spiders, right? I would think so. And on that same on that same line that you're talking about, Mandy, when her dad passed, is about a month later, um, when her dad passed, she had, she was out in the patio and this monarch butterfly was flying all around her, kept going around her, around her again, and then was flying off. And I come walking in the back and she's saying, dad, and it is about a good 50 feet from her because I could see the monarch. She goes, dad, if that's you, come back and land on my finger. Andy? That monarch turned around, came back, and landed on her finger. That's something out of a movie. Are you kidding me? God honest truth. God is my witness. Yes. Mandy was totally in shock that it came, it just fluttered on back and landed on her finger. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's I mean, almost I like it was under intelligent control. <laughs> you know, like the <laughs> message was heard. And uh, they took that butterfly as the means by which to deliver a message. But to land on her finger... Landed on her finger. That's not a joke. That is a true story. I mean, for it to happen, it shocked her. And she's looking at her, Dad, I miss you. And, you know, and then after a few seconds, it flew off. But, yeah, it came all the way back and landed on her finger. That's, that that's it's really special. I mean, it almost reminds me of those uh, crazy people. I think they're called falconers. They hold their arm out, and then a falcon comes and lands on their forearm like it's trained, <laughs> you know, like on command. <laughs> But that same does, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, hey, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll take a butterfly any day of the week over a spider. That's for sure. Me too. Yeah. Now, what about spirits? You want to hear about a couple of them? I would love to hear about spirits, and I would also love uh, to hear about a couple of the UFO stories that you have coming up here shortly. So, oh, I'll give you both first. That's fine with me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I was living in California at the base of the mountains, so I'm up in the hills, and I was in my bed, I was 16, I was looking out my bedroom window up in the mountains, I'm a stargazer to begin with, and I see this thing bolt right in front of me, I mean, it's up high in the sky, just bolted and stops, and I'm like, what is that? And it was a triangle object, and it had a red light, a green light, 
and a blue light on each corner. And I was too stunned to call my dad. My dad was so upset with me. Um, I'm watching this thing and it slowly would go one direction, stop. What it was doing was outlining a, a rectangle is what it was doing. It's outlining a rectangle. And then all of a sudden it would, it would go reverse. And then it would start spinning in circles and stop and reverse and stop. And then turn really red. It was spinning really red. The whole thing is red and boom, gone. Now, I saw that. It was a UFO. Dad and I watch all the UFO shows together. And I saw that very one. And I'm like, oh, that's it, Dad. He goes, you should have called me. The other one I saw, I also saw on a UFO show on TV. It looked like a loaf of bread. If you have to shape the thing. And it was orange. And as my boyfriend is bringing me home, I'm coming down the hill because we're in the mountains. And it would be kind of like level straight out in front of me. And I'm going, oh, my God, what is that? And before he could look up, it dissipated just like in midair and gone. And I've seen that also on a special. You know, so seeing those UFOs was pretty wild. Just it, it almost like dematerialized, huh? Exactly. The loaf, I call it the loaf. Yeah, that was orange. And that just just pulverized, just gone right in front of my eyes. Now, I'm <laughs> just coming at this from every angle I can fathom right now, okay? The closest thing that I know of, uh, if we're talking loaf of bread shape, would be a blimp. Uh, but last I checked, blimps don't materialize, dematerialize <laughs> in thin air. Um, it has no wings. It has no. no tail. It has no obvious method of propulsion if we rule out a blimp. No I don't know what. I don't know what you saw, Jeannie. Was that one glowing or was that one, what color was, it was that? Yeah, it was glowing, but I remember thinking, I was describing it to dad and he's like, honey, I don't know what you saw. He works for the government, okay? And dad saw plenty with the government. Stuff he won't tell me, he took to his grave. He was a true, honest to goodness, government, you know, honest person. They had one of the good ones with my dad. But he's seen plenty um, there, Point Magoo Base is in Ventura County, and they had planes that would take drives down to San Diego, and they would have little visitors at the end of their wings. And that's not new news. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that happened. That was real. What do you yeah. mean they would have little visitors at the end of the wings? Little saucer-like objects flying next to them. Oh, okay. Little, uh, <laughs> little uh, company in the air, so to speak. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And now, I have multiple questions, and he goes, honey, I can't answer that. I can't. I mean, it drove me nuts because I wanted to know. Oh, my gosh. It would have driven me crazy, too. I mean, call me unethical. I would have been tempted to, you know, give him a couple drinks and loosen him up, and then <laughs> I'm going to ask him a question to see what he really knows. But Don't um, cry or, or thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> but he's an honest man. He took it with him yeah. to his grave. Oh, yeah. gosh, it just makes you wonder what, what kind of – information he was privy to uh, i can only imagine oh, um a whole bunch i mean i remember saying close to kind of the third kind the movie yeah and i said so have we had something like that here somewhere along the lines and he he goes you know i can't answer that and he just smiled to me the smile was a yes right when that answer me you oh know? my goodness uh yeah now going back to your to your triangle craft uh, you know these are being seen all over the world you know they're uncommon yet they're becoming common i saw one myself back in 2012 you know but the thing is you know, what what year by the way approximately what year was that that you saw that let me think i graduated 79 since probably 76 
Okay, so well before drones were commonplace, okay. you know, not that it was a drone anyway. If you're seeing this thing and it looks as big as an airplane from a distance, it's probably an airplane-sized craft. But I do know that most, if not all, aircraft are required to have red lights, green lights, and white lights. The blue, that kind of threw me off a little bit. Uh, that's that's really interesting. And I also think that uh, it's not common to go in a, a grid pattern, a rectangle pattern. It I mean, what is crazy. that about? I don't know. It would go one direction, stop, go around the other direction, stop, outline the shape of a rectangle, stop, reverse the shape of the rectangle, stop. And when it was done doing this formatting, it finally started spinning so fast that the whole thing turned brilliant red and then just gone. My dad, when I told my dad, after, got, after he was done being upset with me, not telling him, he did call the naval base because he worked there. And they did not have anything out there practicing that night. Of course. Of, of co course that's they what did. they're going to tell you anyway, right? Well, that's well, what they I, want I us to say, believe. That's what my dad would tell me anyway. Yeah. Well, last I checked, we don't have anything like that. Now, I don't work for the Air Force, but if at any point, I mean, was this thing hovering? So when it was forming this rectangle shape and then going backwards, was there any point where it appeared to like hover or stay still in the sky? Oh, yeah. It stayed still. That's when it first came in, when I saw it, it just sat there hovering. And I'm yeah. like, what are you going to do? And then it's doing this little turn, you know, turning in the circle and then the whole formation. But yeah, it was it was pretty entertaining. Didn't scare me at all. I was intrigued. Yeah, see, and that, that's one of two reactions people have. Either either they, you know, they're fearless and they run towards the craft <laughs> to get a better look, or they have fear and they run the other way. But I think, you know, most people are intuitive to some degree. You a little bit more than the average person, suffice to say. So if on an intuitive kind of gut feeling level, you didn't feel like this thing had malicious intent. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, my feeling was just hanging out, checking everything out. As I'm checking it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were checking it out. They were checking you out. And you said this thing eventually, after it did the really fast red spinny circles, you said it just it just took off. Um, now, what kind of speed are we talking? Like, did you watch it fly off into the distance? Did it just it was vanish? Fast. I saw like a red tail. I mean, like the tail breaking up in pieces, like lightning when the lightning goes up, it breaks up in pieces. That's I saw barely a tail of it, I and mean, it was so fast. Almost, almost. Uh, what comes to my mind is almost like a shooting star. Like you can see it, but in a yeah. second it's gone, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. And we're talking. I mean, uh, oh gosh, I'm I'm trying to rack my brain. Last I checked, those shooting stars they're traveling at a good clip. You know, we're talking several thousands of miles per hour. And if something can go from hovering to, you know, 10,000 miles an hour in less than a second, that defies the laws of physics. That no man could withstand that sort of G-force. And even if it was an unmanned drone, which hardly existed back then, it would rip apart the, the mechanics and the machinery. Because even an unmanned drone going from zero to several thousand miles per hour in one second, the nuts and bolts and fabric of the of the device would just crumble, like it would disintegrate. So, yeah, I, I, I think you saw something not from around here, Jeannie. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> to say the least. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, you have an experience like this and it, it changes you forever on some level. I, it just leaves you with more questions than answers, right? Right. No, you're absolutely right. And then you hear about other stories you know, going on and you just listen to them and compare it to your own story. And sometimes I won't even mention my story. I'll just keep it to myself. 
you know, and because they be, a lot of people don't understand, so they don't believe. And it's like, why bother going into it? <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, sometimes that's the case. But you <laughs> when you share something like this, whether it's a, a sign from heaven kind of thing, a UFO sighting or a Bigfoot sighting or anything in between, you get one of two reactions. Either people tend to get a little awkward and nervous and they kind of change the subject and slowly walk away from you. Or they start to share their own experiences and they get really excited uh, because, I don't know, people are in one of two camps. Either you want to believe or you don't. Uh, but those who do I'm a believe, <laughs> and that's why you've had multiple encounters and multiple different genres of the paranormal, right? And I'm still waiting for more. Yeah. So did still you have another spirit-related story? Oh, I, I kind of yes, pushed I towards do. the UFO, but it sounded like you had another spirit-related story. Oh, I do. I was um, for work. I do clinical trials, and I was in Texas at a hotel. And before I knew of the spirit, I was in my room, and I hear it sounded like kids running up and down the hall. And I'm like, "What is going on?" <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a dry throat. I'm thinking, "What is going on?" I open the door. There's no kids. No one's out there in the hall. Okay, shut the door. So now I'm sitting down. My TV's acting up. I'm like, "What the heck?" So I go into the bathroom, the water turns on in front of me. And I'm going, I know I didn't need the water on, so I turned it off. Hold on just a second. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I've been fighting a little allergy and sinus <clears throat> issues all week. So believe me, I, I get the struggle. <laughs> okay. So anyway, between the running up and down the hall, the water turning on and off, yelling in the halls, yelling, you hear female yelling. I'm just going, what is on, you know, what is going on with this hotel? Well, dinner time, all of us are down in this big room, you know, when you have hundreds of people, and we're all talking about the same thing. Everybody's experiencing this. And it was all on the rooms, room t- or floors 23 and 24, those two floors. I went and talked to the hotel um, people up front, and I, I don't know if anybody else did, but I was curious, so I wanted to go look into it. Turned out <clears throat> there was a social light in the 1880s that killed herself, committed suicide because her fiance left her at the at the uh, the wedding. You know what oh, do you call it? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Just, she got left at the altar, and it, it uh, yes. So she 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 decided to end it all, and uh... she left. She leaned her body. You know how you have a hotel where you have stairs that goes round and around, and if you look straight down, it's like a little tiny square all the way down like 20 some floors. She leaned over it intentionally and let herself go until, and you know, died. And so it was that she is the one that's going around the place on these two floors. I don't know why those two floors, I don't know. But um, yelling, running, turning water on and fussing with the TV. Everybody's going through that now because our groups are on those two floors. So the last day I thought, you know, she needs to go to the other side and let go of this. She needs to have peace. So I'm in the bathroom. I waited till everybody left. I really made sure there was nobody in there but me. And I said, okay, if you're in here and you're listening to me, I want you to tell me you're here. Give me a sign. Are you ready for it? Ah! That's what she did. She screamed? She screamed. I'm like, oh, my God, you are in here. And I said that out loud. That's why to make sure nobody's in there because they think I'm nuts. <clears throat> and plus, she probably would not have done that either. Yeah. And I said, okay, I hear you. 
And I said, you need rest. You need peace. You need to go to the other side now. And I said, it's far too long for you to keep hanging back here and being upset and misery. Go to the other side. Find your peace. And I walked out of the bathroom. But I, 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 the, whole right, the whole flight home, all I could do is hear her yelling in my head. <laughs> you brought her with you almost, huh? I almost, yeah. well, at least she wasn't stuck on floors, uh, you know, 23 and 24 anymore or whatever those floors were. Uh, that's that's interesting. Uh, you know, but again, maybe maybe you have nerves of steel because you didn't seem too uh, afraid to talk to that ghost. You weren't afraid to observe the the UFO. And uh, it, I guess the paranormal almost becomes normal when you become so accustomed to it. Right. I'm intrigued by it. I want more of it. In some ways I can help. Like, I hope I helped her. But in some ways, I could help if I can, but I'm intrigued with it. I want more of it. I want to learn more by it. You know, it does not scare me. Nothing scared me yet to turn me away yet. I hope it doesn't happen, you know? Yeah, not, yeah. let's knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, there was this one spirit. I have a good story to tell you, but I have this one spirit. I'm in my kitchen, and I'm doing dishes, and, and th this is years ago. And I just had a negative vibe come over me. And I thought, why am I feeling this? And I turned to my left, like in slow motion. I turned over my shoulder. And I see this black silhouette standing there. Well, let's just say I used profanity to get the blank out of my house. Now you're not welcome. Go. And it, it was gone. It left. Yeah. Now, that was negative, And I did not like it. It didn't spook me, but I wasn't happy. You know what I'm saying? Just caught you off guard. Now, I'm sure Karen, Rainbow Bright Spirit Guide, cut you a break for using profanity, because I'm sure she would have, too, if she was startled by a shadow entity. <laughs> That's, you're funny. That's good. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, you're, you're just such a wonderful soul, Jeannie, and I, I think energy is attracted to like energy. So, you know, what I mean by that is good people generally have for the most part, good paranormal experiences. You know, bad people may have more bad paranormal experiences. But, you know, I don't think it's asking for trouble to to say that you would like more strange happenings, you know, in your life. You know, you're a, you're a good person. You have uh, Karen that has your back. You know, you have people in the spirit realms looking out for you. So I think it's good to stay curious. And I'm glad that you're asking for more experiences. You're keeping your head on a swivel. And from the sounds of it, like we were talking about before we uh, started this recording, you're going to jot down some more stories uh, from from your life. And I'm sure as you do, you'll you'll think of uh, other experiences that that we didn't even bring up today. So we might bring you back on the show, Jeannie, if you can round up all the stories and can remember a few that you left out today. I'll date it. So when that time comes, you know, it'll be new stories. Um, there's a ghost one that is so funny. I mean, it's comical. I was invited to go out to dinner with a bunch of girls in the same company. And it was the uh, stock and bond building where they exchange cattle. This is in Kansas City, downtown Kansas City. And so one of the ladies knew I had this gift. And she goes, I want you to see this. I go, see what? She goes, that's what I mean. I go, what are you talking about? And she goes, I think you can see the ghost. And she goes, I just have a feeling he's there, but I can't see him. So I go with her to the area. There's all glass windows um, in the hall. And I'm just leaning up against one, just talking with her. And I look straight up in front of me. Oh, hello, cowboy. That's exactly what I said to the letter. I'm looking at him. Remember Haas on Bonanza? Yeah, yeah. He reminded me of him. 
the stockiness, the big cowboy hat. But when you look at him, he's clear. He's like see-through. It's like a bubble. <coughs> so he's translucent, but he's solid enough that you can see his form and see yeah, his shape. Yeah, exactly. He looked at me and smiled, and I heard his giggle, and he disappeared. He's a friendly cowboy, at least. <laughs> oh my God! I thought that was the funniest thing seeing a cowboy, and they weren't kidding. Oh, they told me how. Um, the sounds in the bathroom, all these funky sounds in the bathroom. And I went in there and the waters were turning on and off, just like the hotel was. It was, a, it's just, it's just unique things. See, yep. the water turning on and off is, is kind of a unique piece of evidence because, you know, not that you, you know, when you hear an audible voice, you know, generally speaking, our senses, we can trust our senses. I mean, we do all day long. You know, I'm touching this desk right now. My, my hand says I'm touching a desk, so I'm touching a desk. You know, when you hear things and see things and smell and taste, we can generally trust our senses. So, you know, when you hear a, um, you know, a, a spirit talking to you, generally, well, you got a spirit on your hands. But the water is unique because, you know, that's something physical. That's something tangible in your environment that you can observe that's technically breaking the laws of physics. If nobody's turning on the faucet, then how is that water running? It's almost like yeah. a, another layer of proof, right? And kind of like Mandy's dad hitting the couch as hard as he did. Yeah. I mean, you could feel the couch move. I mean, how's that for proof, right? Oh, you heard it and you felt it. Well, Jeannie, we're about to get out of here. We're, uh, this, is, this has been a, a real treat, a real pleasure. And I have a, a suspicion we're going to have to bring you back on here later this season for some more stories as you uh, remember them and piece them together. But I think we covered all the bases. We have a cowboy ghost. We have disembodied voices. We have some angelic things, a couple UFO sightings, partridge in a pear tree. I think that about puts a bow on this episode. <laughs> and I look forward to coming back, and I definitely have more stories. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on So Strange. And, and thanks to all of you for, for listening. We'll catch you next week on another episode of So Strange. Thank you for inviting me. 